We're live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris Show. I'm your host, Matthew Paris. Before we get started, make sure you hit that little subscribe button right down there in the corner. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. We talk sports. We talk what is happening in the sporting world. So let's get right to it. The Super Bowl has been set. We have the Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco 49ers, Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. Um, but the real story, the real story, is with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Uh, media has been breaking this up as the Taylor Swift Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Um, <clears throat> so let's get right into it. Uh, we have many, many media outlets uh, reporting on Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey. Taylor Swift was down on the field, came down from her field. She was escorted down on the field from her suite during the AFC Championship game after the victory against the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And, um, yeah, she hugged Travis. She, uh, she was down on the field. She had a good time. Internet's been blowing up with it. Um, <clears throat> but let's talk about what uh, former Houston Texans J.J. Uh, Watt had to say about it. In the months since Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey went public with their relationship, everyone has had an opinion about the power couple. The negative comments tend to attract the most attention, which is why retired NFL player J.J. Watt's strong message about the Kansas City Chiefs tied in and his pop superstar girlfriend is so refreshing. Watt, who retired from the NFL after the 2022 season, is currently in NFL analysis for CBS Sports. Recently opened up about the massive amount of attention Swift and Kelsey's romance had has attracted at Chiefs games this season. So it's true. Every time she's uh, she's been there, there have been many shots of uh, of the networks going up to her suite, seeing her reaction every time Travis Kelsey catches a ball or he makes a touchdown pass. What do you guys think? Comment on the section below. I think it's great. I can't understand why people are so upset about it. Watt told Us Weekly on Monday, January 29th. I mean, they show celebrities at games all the time. Don't act like we don't show male celebrities at games all the time. I don't really understand why it's caused such an uproar. <clears throat> the former defensive end continued, I mean, she's literally there supporting her significant other, and that's what you should do as a significant other. So I think that's it. That's great. Um, because Swift has attracted so many new NFL fans who likely would not have watched professional football Otherwise, Watts said the increased interest should be nothing but celebrated. Uh, of course, on the NFL's X page, we have Travis and Taylor at the end of the game. Um, Watt isn't the only former NFL player coach to weigh in on the media frenzy surrounding Kelsey and Swiss romance. Hall of Famer Tony Dungy suggested that the cruel summer songstress was part of what was disenchanting people with sports now. Meanwhile, retired, retired NFL player Shannon Sharp shared a pointed message about Swift's impact on the sport. Celebrities and athletes from other sports realms have also shared their two cents about Swift and Kelsey. From Lamar Odom's dating advice to uh, Jesse James Decker's bold prediction about their relationship to The View co-host debating Kelsey's red flags, there is no shortage of opinion. <clears throat> Thankfully, Kelsey said he and Swift are able to tune out anything that's outside noise, so hopefully they continue to do so. Um, let's see what else. Let's see what else they do. Travis Kelsey sends a bold message to Taylor Swift after scoring a touchdown. Uh, Kelsey appears to have sent a strong message to his girlfriend, Taylor Swift, out in the crowd during the Chiefs' playoff game. This was against the Bills on Sunday, January 21st. After scoring a touchdown during the second quarter of the game, bringing their score up from 6-12 to 12 and overtaking the Bills, who had 10 points, he blew a kiss across the crowd before holding his hands in front of his chest, shaping them into a heart. Uh, I remember seeing that on television. Um, 
This was knocked out of place when one of the teammates knocked it to him in the celebration. It's unclear if he was facing in the direction of the box his family and friends enjoyed the game from, so it may have also been a cheeky message to Bills fans he was spotted throwing the symbol to a section of booers during warm-ups too. But it's safe to assume that he adopted the emotion from the superstar, making it a subtle, if not direct, message to her too. Um, <clears throat> if you're unfamiliar, the heart hand symbol has long been associated with Swift, who has used the gesture since high school. The heart hand symbol means something between I love you and thank you. She explained to the New York Times all the way back in 2011, it's just a sweet, simple message that you can't deliver without saying a word. <clears throat> One day, very early in her career, she was playing at a festival when she had the impulse to hold her hands above her head and send a heart to the crowd, who began cheering and returning the symbol. When the moment is just right and the crowd is screaming louder than any sound I ever imagined I hear, I just want to tell them I love them over and over. But sometimes the simplest thing is to do to make a sign with your hands, she added. Swift's The Lorax co-star Zac Efron got in on the fun from home, sending the heart hands right back to the screen in a photo originally uploaded to his Instagram stories, Playoffs Baby. He captioned the snap, which was taken from behind and showed him sitting on his couch with his hands held high above his head in response. Um, <clears throat> that's Zac Efron on his Twitter, on his ex, I should say, sending the heart message after watching the NFL playoff game. <clears throat> so interesting. Everybody seems to be in on the frenzy. You know, even David Letterman has thrown in his two cents. This is reported by Variety. David Letterman tells Taylor Swift's NFL haters to shut up. Her Travis Kelsey romance is such a lovely thing, and it's good for the footballers. David Letterman has a message for many NFL fans upset with all the attention Taylor Swift is getting for showing up to Kansas City Chiefs games to support her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. This is such a lovely thing. Shut up. Hours before the Chiefs defeated the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC Championship to secure a spot in the Super Bowl, the former late show host took social media to pray Swift and send his blessings to her and Kelsey. I don't think in the history of show business or the history of popular culture we've ever witnessed anything like this, Letterman said of Swift. Tremendous. She fills stadiums around the world and puts on a three-hour show. We live in a world now where all we hear is nonsense and ugliness. The nonsense can't be more nonsensical and the ugliness. God hopes it can get any, any uglier, but that's all we hear. And now it's here's Taylor Swift, who is a glowing bright light of goodness in the world, as she starts dating Travis Kelsey. Letterman added some humor to his message by mixing up Kelsey's name and fellow comedian Kelsey Grammer, but the message was strong nonetheless. The Kelsey... People say, oh, no, 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 don't bother us. We're all caught up, caught up in football. We don't want Taylor in football. And the Taylor Swift people, the Swifties, are saying, oh, we don't want a footballer in here with Kelsey. Letterman said, I say to both camps, this is such a lovely thing, shut up. Letterman continued, it's good for the footballers, it's good for Taylor Swift, it's something positive and happy for the world. And also, politically, Taylor Swift is a huge force. And I think just wants to see people do the right thing. So God bless Taylor Swift and Kelsey. Swift showed up to several Chiefs games during the 2023-24 NFL season, prompting widespread media coverage. It seems like every move she makes at each game spawns countless headlines, including during the AFC Championship when she appeared on the field as the Chiefs celebrated their win and kissed Kelsey. Uh, watch Letterman's full message in the video below. The Chiefs are to face off against the San Francisco 49ers at Super Bowl on Sunday, February 11th. So David Letterman uh, has an audio online where he talks about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. You can hear that uh, just by searching uh, David Letterman and the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift video on Google. 
and uh, let me know what you guys think. So yeah, so <clears throat> everybody's tuning in to get on the fun. Um, what else about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? Of course, this is known as media reported as the Taylor Swift Bowl. Um, this is from the U.S. Sun. Swift response, Taylor Swift makes major Super Bowl halftime show decision as the NFL throws millions at pop sensation ahead of Chiefs in the 49ers Super Bowl. Taylor Swift plans to be in attendance as the Kansas City Chiefs take on the San Francisco 49ers in Las Vegas. Um, Taylor Swift has told NFL bosses to forget about any hopes of her performing in the Super Bowl halftime show. There were rumors going around that they were going to, now that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, that they were going to try to rearrange things and switch things and make Taylor Swift a part of the Super Bowl somehow, either by singing the national anthem or making her a part of the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, but she has since declined that. With the superstar singer now set to be in Las Vegas on February 11th to cheer on boyfriend Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs following their weekend win over the Baltimore Ravens, the NFL was hoping she would add extra uh, extra razzmatazz, this is what it says right here, to the all-important mid-game entertainment. <clears throat> um, let's see here. R&B legend Usher and Post Malone are already booked to perform in the Super Bowl, but despite testing the water as... To her availability, the U.S. Sun has been told the cruel summer star isn't interested. Taylor starts the next leg of her heiress tour on February 7th in Tokyo and will have to rush back to the United States the night before the Super Bowl to ensure she arrives at Allegiant Stadium on time. Um, yeah, so I was going to get into that. So Taylor Swift has a big, huge international concert for her heiress tours in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, if you do the math, then at, she would have to leave on her private jet right after the show to make it back to the United States, which is about, what, a 12, 13-hour flight? Uh, that that will make her back in time, I think, a day ahead of the Super Bowl. So I'm sure she's going to, after the show, she's going to get plenty of sleep on the plane and whatnot, so we'll see what happens there. Her long-standing commitment in Japan means she wouldn't have been able to attend rehearsals, which are due to start three days before the sh uh, showpiece clash. But a source close to Taylor says her only interest is to support Travis and the Chiefs. Uh, she is loving the process, coming to the games, and seeing Travis happy and enjoying winning and doing great. The insider told the U.S. Sun. <clears throat> Taylor is very conscious about not taking away any of the spotlight from Travis, who is aiming for a third Super Bowl ring. The 34-year-old has been cheering the Chiefs on from the stands during their postseason run and shared a congratulatory kiss with the tight end after the Ravens were swatted aside. She wants to be there for him and she, she and shares this moment with him as she can make histories, the sources added. Um, she wants to focus on that, be in stands, and have a great time with her friends and family. She wants the whole experience of the game, to be a fan like she has been doing every time she comes to Travis's games. But of course, Taylor isn't any ordinary fan who has regularly drawn the attention of TV cameras whenever in attendance. However, it seems she has grown tired of the persistence of attention during games. Um... As the Chiefs took on the Ravens with the AFC title at stake on Sunday, cameras cut to Taylor in a suite alongside family and friends. They've been doing that every playoff game, every every any every regular season game. Um, as the Chiefs took on the Ravens, they uh, cut to Taylor several times after Travis Kelsey had made a pass, or excuse me, had made a catch. In a clip that has gone viral, Taylor appeared to be blanky, staring up at a TV screen. Mouthy what some social media fans have interpreted as, go away, please. CBS cameras did quickly cut to Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Following the game, Taylor and Reid appeared to share a touching moment as they celebrated Kansas City's win 
appearing to point to one another as he stood on the on-field podium. When Taylor may not be performing on Sunday, February 11th, she does plan to be in attendance to cheer Travis on as he and the Chiefs take on the red-hot San Francisco 49ers in Vegas. Kickoff is scheduled to be at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. <clears throat> so, she's going to have to really... Uh, She's going to have to really uh, make that flight after the show in Tokyo, Japan. Um, let's see here. This is also from Yahoo News. Like I said, the internet and the sports newsing world is blowing up between not only the Super Bowl, but the Taylor Swift Bowl. Uh, NFL celebrates Travis Kelsey's latest record-breaking game with Taylor Swift-inspired honor. Uh, following Kelsey's latest career-changing game, which saw the 34-year-old Kansas City Chiefs tight end break the record for playoff receptions, the Professional Football League took to social media with a celebrity statement, but it was just as a basic congratulations that the NFL appeared to appear to Swifties as a now viral post. Playoff receptions record, Travis version. The official NFL account wrote on Sunday, January 28th, a nod to the many albums and songs Swift has re-recorded since regaining control of her music catalog. Along with the pun, the league also shared a photo of the Kansas City Titans, seemingly inspired by Spotify, wrapped. <clears throat> This is at least the third record Kelsey has broken since the 2023-2024 season started this past September. The All-Star Chiefs player celebrated with the team's quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, earlier this month following the highly talked-about Chiefs-Bills game during which the duo took first place for the record of most postseason touchdowns by a QB receiver duo in NFL history. That passes Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, who previously held the record. Prior to that... Um, in November 2023, Kelsey became the all-time leading receiver in Chiefs franchise history with a new career total of 10,941 receiving yards as first reported by the Atlantic, or excuse me, Athletic. The title was previously held by Tony Gonzalez, who played for the Chiefs from 1997 to 2008. Despite all the wins this season, Kelsey still has one more scheduled event when fans expect him to give all, give all his all in the most-watched games in the sport, Super Bowl. This season's final faceoff pits the Chiefs against San Francisco 49ers is set to be kicked off at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas on Sunday, February 11th. Um, so yeah, so uh, you know we'll uh, we'll see. Now, what do you guys think? Do you think uh, the NFL broadcasters and Fox NFL and CBS CBS Sports and Fox Sports and everybody is making it just too much of a big deal out of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? They do cut to Taylor Swift's. Uh, um, sweet quite a bit, and if you hear her, if you if you read her lips, there is one point where she does look up at the monitor, the TV screen, and her sweetest, she says, go away, because it just shots on her, um, so I can tell they're trying not to make, Taylor and Travis are trying not to make a big deal about this, but you also have to understand the business side of it, too. Taylor Swift brings in an annual $331.5 million to not only the Kansas City Chiefs, but also the NFL for being there forgetting she's gotten people who may not be interested in the NFL or professional football into the NFL or professional football, including her fans, the Swifties, and everything else. So in one way, it's good for the NFL. I mean, look, Taylor is worth billions. She could buy her own team if she wanted to at some point uh, down her road or in her life. Um, but yeah, so, you know, look, Taylor Swift, she was there. She just wanted to enjoy the AFC Championship game the best she could after, you know, she watched the Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, the CBS broadcaster should have uh, Swift Sweet as Jim Nance read a promo for the Grammys. Swift appeared to catch a glimpse of the camera's attention on her while she looked up at the TV screen. She seemingly mouthed the words, go away, please. So, yeah, so 
Look, people, uh, I know she's huge. She's a huge star. He's a huge NFL star. Um, but, yeah, so it's just a couple trying to enjoy a, a, a football game. So, you know, I mean, I think people have to uh, have to understand that and, and leave, them, leave them alone, you know. So, yeah. Um, but what do you guys think? Comment on your section below. Let's talk about the NFC uh, Conference Championships real quick. We had the Detroit Lions versus the San Francisco 49ers, and what was a pretty good game. I mean, the Lions started out hot early. They were beating the San Francisco 49ers at one point from 21-6. to 6. The final score on Sunday, January 28th, ended up being the San Francisco 49ers 34, Detroit Lions 31, but the Lions had them at one point. The 49ers rallied back in the, in the second quarter. Uh, to capture the title. So uh, let's see what we got here. <clears throat> this is from ESPN. 49ers rally versus Lions NFC title game to reach Super Bowl. Santa Clara, California, as they trugged into the locker room at halftime, down 17 points to Detroit Lions. Their season in seemingly just 30 minutes away, the San Francisco 49ers' range of emotions was hard to comprehend. The Lions had just pushed the Niners all over the field in the first two quarters, and frustration didn't do it justice. On the light side, running back Christian McCaffrey called for focus. Coach Kyle Shanahan said his team was angry. <coughs> Defensive end Nick Boza described it as embarrassing. So by the time they got to the uh, to the um, locker room, uh, the Niners were mad. You know, they were playing in San Francisco because the Niners and the Raiders season had a better winning record. For a proud veteran team playing his fourth NFC championship game in five years and third in as many seasons, no amount of halftime prodding was going to provide an instant fix. Regardless of any of that stuff, we've got we've not gotten going out like this, Shanahan said. We've got to be a lot more aggressive here in the second half in everything we do, offensively, defensively, special teams. The guys didn't want today to be the last day. For a team that spent most of the season running away and hiding from opponents by jumping out to big leads, the 49ers have turned this postseason run into a testament of their resolve. That was writ large Sunday night when the 49ers erased a 17-point deficit in just eight minutes of game time, rattled off 27 consecutive second-half points and surged to a stunning 34-31 win to claim the franchise's eighth NFC championship, tied for the second most in league history. It tied for the biggest comeback in an NFC championship game ever with the 2012 Niners who rebounded from a down 17 to beat the Atlanta Falcons. The victory punched San Francisco's ticket for Super Bowl at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas and set a rematch against the same Kansas City Chiefs they face in another Super Bowl. It's perfect, Boza said. It's perfect, and they're as great as an organization coach quarterback as there is. And they were down, not looking great this year either. They're playing their best ball now, so it's going to be a big challenge. To earn that opportunity, the Niners had to overcome that what Shanahan said was a half as bad any of his team played this season. Detroit outgained San Francisco 208 to 131 yards, picked up 18 first downs, limited Niners to 4.7 yards per play, and came away with quarterback Brock Purdy's first career postseason interception. The Lions' physically dominance was apparent in their three touchdowns and 148 yards on 21 carries, including 5.4 yards per carry before contact. It was the way we were down, Shanahan said. They were kind of having their way in the run game. We weren't getting much in our run game either. That would have been a real rough way to end it if we could have played better with our group. The Niners proved in the last week's comeback victory against the Green Bay Packers that even though they've won most of their games in blowout fashion, they've also capable of fighting back when they're on the ropes. The Niners are now one of two teams, along with the 1994 San Diego Chargers, to engineer multiple 7-plus points second-half comebacks prior to reaching the Super Bowl. 
After managing a Jake Moody field goal to open the third quarter, the Niners got the ball back when Detroit went for it on fourth and two. At San Francisco's 28, and quarterback Jared Goff's pass fell incomplete. Two plays later, the Niners got the break and the spark that kicked off their comeback into overdrive. On first and 10 from their 45, Purdy got the look he wanted with receiver Brayden Ayok. One-on-one with Lions cornerback Kendall Vilder. Purdy let it fly, but Vilder managed to stay deep and looked poised from the interception. Instead, the ball clanged off Vinder's face mask, mounts into the air, and the alert uh, Ayuk hauled it. I hope I said that right. Hauled it in for a 51-yard catch. Three plays later, Ayuk caught a six-yard touchdown to cut the deficit to seven. To have an explosive play like that was huge in that moment, Purdy said. Um, <clears throat> we did a great job with tracking the ball all the way and making a huge play for us. He's a baller. That was clutch on his part. Ayuk's big catch wouldn't be the only bounce that turned the game in San Francisco's favor. On Detroit's next play from scrimmage, safety Tashawn Gibson hit Jamar Gibbs and forced a fumble that Eric Armstead recovered. Four plays, including the first of the two 21-yard scrambles by Purdy, got the Niners into the end zone again, and then it quickly turned a 24-7 deficit into a tie at 24. Meanwhile, the 49ers defense adjusted, allowing 34 rush yards in the second half, coming up with two fourth down stops and yielding just seven points. Detroit tied it, tightened up, dropping catchable passes, coughing up the fumble, struggling to keep drives alive. <clears throat> by the time it was over, the Niners had scored 27 straight, the fourth most consecutive points by a team in a conference championship game that was trailing entering the run, according to Elias Sports Bureau. It was also the most by a team that was down more than 10 points. That's the cool thing about football, tight end George Kittle said. For us to be able to hunker down and start to fire on all cylinders, that's what you see in explosive offense, a very talented def- defense that fleet around and hits people and causes turnovers. Then our special team makes plays when they need to. Uh, both Purdy's 21 scrambles led to touchdowns. In addition to the 27 second half points, the Niners rolled up 282 yards of offense while averaging 7.4 yards per play after counting for just 92 yards from scrimmage with an interception in the first half. Purdy threw for 174, and they touched out and ran for 49 yards in the final 30 minutes. Um, so the question is, the stage is set. You know, Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco 49ers. Who do you think will win the Super Bowl? Speaking of which, have you seen the cover of the new Sports Illustrated that is out now? Why is Las Vegas good for the Super Bowl? It has a picture of Las Vegas, all the monuments, Caesars Palace, Hard Rock Hotel and all that fun stuff. It also has, uh, in the corner, if you look at it, it also has Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift in the corner, kind of hanging out, having fun, holding hands. Uh, it's a pretty cool Sports Illustrated cover, so I highly suggest, you know, to go to your local newsstands to check that out. Uh, let's switch ge- gears here. Let's talk about let's talk about college basketball real quick. Um, we did have U of H in Texas play last night, but today, but today we have South Carolina versus number five, Tennessee. That's at 5.30 p.m. today. This is NCAA men's basketball. Number 14, Illinois versus Ohio State. That's today at 6 o'clock p.m. And number three, University of North Carolina versus Georgia Tech. That's today at 6 o'clock p.m. Um, this is from CBS Sports and College Basketball Rankings. Houston survives scare and wins at Texas in overtime to move closer to Purdue and UConn. So uh, the rankings could change, as we're uh, going to see right now. 
Um, I watched that little bit of that game last night between U- University of Houston Cougars and the Texas Longhorns. Uh, it was over at the Moody Center in Austin, Texas. It was a pretty close game, a fun game to watch. It did go into overtime, but U of H ended up winning that game. Um, let's hear. Uh, Houston added another quadrant one win Monday night via a 76-72 overtime victory at Texas that extended the Cougars' winning streak to five. So there are now exactly three teams with at least seven quadrant one wins and zero losses outside of the first quadrant. Purdue, UConn, Houston. Nobody else has a resume featuring more than four quarter one wins and zero losses outside of quarter one. That's the main reason Purdue, UConn, and Houston remain number one, number two, and number three in Tuesday morning's updated CBS Sports Top 25 and one daily college basketball rankings. And why those three schools would clearly be the top three, number one seed for the selection committee built a bracket now. Uh, we're getting closer to uh, March Madness. It's going to be fun. We're about two months away. Well, since we're almost in February or about February now, we're one month away. We're not really trying to be the prettiest team, Houston coach Kelvin, Kelvin Sampson said, following the victory at Texas that pushed the Cougars to 19-2 overall, 6-2 in the Big 12. That's never been my deal. We're just trying to win the game. Jamal Shedd ensured Houston won at Texas. The six foot one guard finished with 25 points, eight rebounds, and four assists in 42 minutes. It was a nice homecoming performance for the fourth-year senior who graduated high school just 13 miles from UT's campus, but was never seriously recruited by the Longhorns. Shedd committed to Houston in May 2019. He was ranked 191st in the class of 2020, according to 247 Sports. Uh, here are the top 25 and one rankings. Number one, Purdue with 19 and two. Number two, UConn is 18 and two. Number three, Houston is 19 and two. Number four, North Carolina is 17 and three. Number five, Tennessee 15 and four. <coughs> Number six, Wisconsin 16 and four. Seven is Iowa State at a 16 and four record. Number eight, Kansas Jayhawks is a 16 and four record. Number nine, Utah State with 18 and two record. Number 10, Marquette University with 15 and five record. Number 11 is Duke Blue Devils with 16-4. Number 12, Dayton, 16-3. Number 13, Crane at 16-5. Number 14, Arizona, 15-5. Number 15, my alma mater, Texas Tech at 16-3. Number 16 is Baylor, 14-5. 17 is Auburn. Number 18 is Kentucky. Number 19 is BYU. Number 20 is Illinois. Number 21 is New Mexico. Number 22 is San Diego State. Number 23 is Alabama. Number 24 is South Carolina. Number 25 is TCU, and number 26 is University of Oklahoma. And uh, TCU is also 50-5, with Oklahoma is also 15-5. So, as we get closer to the college basketball uh, NCAA tournament, March Madness is always a great time in March. Who do you think is going to win when you make your brackets? Do you think North Carolina is going to win? Do you think University of Houston can make the Final Four again? Comment on your section below. Um, yeah, so that's about it. That's about it for this show, this episode of the Matthew Paris show. Listen, guys, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris show. I break down what is happening in all sports, college football, college basketball, and see what is happening in the world of sports. Right now, the biggest thing is the NFL football with Taylor Swift and the Super Bowl and Travis Kelsey. So, uh, talked a lot more about that. College basketball, everything's heating up by the time March comes around with the NCAA tournament. But make sure you hit that like and subscribe button, and I will talk to you guys very, very soon. Are right, you guys? All right, take care. Bye.